balance. That is the goal here at Boost Health. Welcome to episode number nine of the show. I am Paul Sandberg, the founder of Boost Health and your host. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist with the NSCA. I have a bachelor's degree in human biology, master's degree in business administration, and I've been working in the wellness and fitness industry for over 19 years. If you've been listening to the show, you know each week we discuss a new topic and cover the entire spectrum of wellness concepts, including fitness training, inspiration, nutrition, biohacks, and wellness products. And we give you some actionable tips you can implement in your personal health strategy. The shows are only 10 or 20 minutes long, so you can get caught up on past episodes really easily if you're a new listener. My philosophy with this show and with Boost Health in general is to be open-minded. Let's try new things. Preconceived notions shouldn't get in the way of some wellness strategies that could be a real difference maker for us. Have you ever tried a new wellness tactic that took you by surprise and how well it worked? Those are what we are trying to uncover here. Real quick, I just wanted to thank everyone for listening. Please support Boost by telling a friend, family member, or colleague about the show that you think might enjoy it. Another way to support the show is by visiting the website at myboosthealth.com clicking the Amazon banner at the bottom of the homepage, and then doing some shopping. I see some folks are starting to use this, which I really, really appreciate. Thank you. When using the Amazon banner, you get to get some shopping done and Boost will get a kickback, so everybody wins. One last thing that would really help the show, please take a few minutes to subscribe and also rate and review the show in iTunes. You can do it right in the podcast app on your smartphone, and you can pause the show and do it right now. That would be great. The ratings and reviews are really helpful in gaining a following, and that's much appreciated. Some quick announcements. Uh, In an effort to improve search engine optimization, or SEO as it's called, I changed the title you may have noticed from the weekly boost to boost health. The reason for this is a a lot of folks search for shows in podcast apps with a topic in mind, and the title is extremely important for that. I needed future listeners to know the show is about health. The weekly newsletter that I email to everyone will still be called The Weekly Boost, though, uh, which brings me to my next announcement. Um, If you haven't already signed up for the newsletter, you might notice there's a ribbon on the homepage uh, where you can subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, And just make sure that you don't miss any announcements or any of the posts or discount codes for the upcoming apparel. The Boost Health Corporate Wellness Program is a new section on the website that describes this component of Boost Health. Uh, We've been working with our first client and doing a series of wellness presentations on various topics and workout demonstrations. And so if you're interested or you think of somebody that might be interested, please let them know that's something that we offer. And I've been talking about this for the last couple months now, been a big buildup and lots of work, but the launch of the Boost Health Performance Apparel line should be actually happening in the next week. We're really, really excited. We're just finalizing some back-end stuff with the store and shipping, but it's all going to be housed on the Boost Health website shop for your convenience, so it'll all be in one place. And just a reminder, we're going to have a cycling kit, strength training gear, a multi-sport kit, and casual wear, and I'll let you know when it's officially live. One other announcement, one other thing we're working on is we're weighing some different options for a Boost Health app for smartphones. It'll be a little bit of an investment, but I think it'll be a nice addition to the Boost Health offering. So we'll let you know uh, when that officially launches. Okay, now on with the program. Episode 9 of the Boost Health show is titled, Three Reasons to Stop Using Your Foam Roller. 
It has been almost exactly one year since I put my foam rollers in the corner of my home gym to collect dust. In March of 2017, I listened to an episode of the Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast, and Jacob Schoen of Shift Sport and Wellness was a guest. They discussed spinal health, ELDOA methodology, that's E-L-D-O-A, importance of understanding fascia, foam rolling, and more. One of the key takeaways from their discussion for me was that I needed to try Eldoa stretching. And also, my foam roller may be doing me a bit more harm than good. Jacob mentioned that there is a possibility that aggressive foam rolling could actually be putting too much pressure on the fascia, arteries, veins, and nerves, and also pushing water out of the areas being worked. He also mentioned that while rolling or smashing an injured area may provide some pain relief and improved range of motion, quality of tissue that is repairing in that area may be poor. And I was intrigued. Had I been doing something that was potentially more harmful than helpful? I'd been suffering for a couple years with a chronic hamstring injury. I injured it on a run and was continuing to have trouble with it despite a bout of physical therapy. I told the physical therapist I was foam rolling and was told to quote unquote, keep it up. Also, foam rollers have been a hot item in the fitness industry for many years, touted for their benefits, found in studies to decrease soreness, increase range of motion, and improve performance. And I'll link to this study and all of the studies in the show, in the show notes and in the blog. So you can check those out there if you're interested. Now, as many of you know, I'm a protocol junkie, and the evidence seemed to point to smashing and rolling as a no-brainer for any workout program. As such, I dutifully did smashing and foam rolling on the injured area and everywhere else fairly regularly. I would smash and foam roll pre-workout and post-workout on most days, and fairly aggressively, mind you. I never got any better. I would go out for a run and feel that nagging, pulling, twinge feeling almost immediately and throughout the run. I have trained through and recovered from a million injuries, but this one just wouldn't let go. When I listened to the aforementioned show with Ben and Jacob, I started to wonder if foam rolling and smashing was harming me. Maybe I was squishing water out and building up yucky scar tissue in the injured area. If so, I wasn't doing myself any favors and not allowing it to heal properly. I will share my personal science experiment with you. It is an N equals one experiment, so I admit it isn't super scientific, but perhaps some of you have been trying to smash an injury into oblivion like I was. Maybe you were wishing for a miracle with the roller, but it hasn't come true as I was. Maybe you just need to try a different approach and take a break from rolling and smashing like I did. Maybe leaving the tissue alone to heal is a good idea. On March 21st, 2017, I decided to set aside the foam roller. I was nervous. I was nervous I'd fall apart <laughs> without foam rolling. I had been using it almost daily for years. But my fears subsided quickly because I started to feel better almost right away. I looked back at my journal and on March 23rd, 2017, two days after I ditched the foam roller, I see I wrote, did bike slash run brick with no foam rolling and was fine. Performance was okay, quote unquote. It was almost like I was surprised that my leg didn't fall off. Then later on in the year, on May 20th, 2017, I wrote, did the Dragons triple triathlon and didn't notice hamstring at all, except a tiny bit when I was torquing heavy on the bike, quote unquote. Fast forward to today, 
I only notice a tiny twinge during a big full leg swing or a full speed running sprint, or if I'm torquing really heavy on the bike. I would say my hamstring is now about 95%, where last year at this time I was probably more like 70%, if you consider the pain, range of motion, and power in the hamstring. I go on rides and runs now where I get home and I think to myself that I didn't even notice my hamstring, and that is tremendous progress from last year. My nutrition and exercise program is nearly identical. The only real changes I made in my programming were getting rid of the rolling and adding in the Eldoa L5-S1 stretch after my workouts as part of my cool down. Now, I'm not an Eldoa expert, so I won't try to speak to the protocols. According to world-renowned osteopath Guy Voyer, the general concept with Eldoa is to use specific postures to put your fascia into tension in a very specific way, which can improve articular blocks and compactions. Now, of course, I can't say for sure that the improvement in my hamstring was in part due to the Eldoa move, but it didn't seem to hurt. It made sense for me to treat the fascia differently after understanding a bit more about what is happening under the skin inside the fascia. Maybe we shouldn't be smashing it to death. I actually watched a video of the guys at Mind Pump on YouTube practicing the Eldoa L5-S1 stretch with Stephanie Abregazzo. And she actually did a really good job and the guys did a great job in the video. Um, and it, it helped me a lot getting started with the move. So if you're interested, check it out. I'll link to the video in the show notes and in the blog. The truth be told, I won't ever get that 95% up to 100% unless I go get professional help to see where my imbalance is. Perhaps it's an issue that can be fixed by getting a hip adjustment or, or focused exercises. Either way, it is likely something upstream that caused the injury in the first place and needs to be corrected by a pro. No amount of foam rolling and smashing on my own will fix that. After having such good success with my little N equals one experiment, I was inspired to dig a bit into research to see if I'm possibly an anomaly or if others may benefit from taking a break from the roller. There are certainly benefits to rolling and everyone responds differently to different stimuli. So I don't want to be too emphatic on this. But with that said, here are my three reasons to stop foam rolling. Number one, conflicting research. There just isn't enough clear research to show that foam rolling is a must to include in every program. You wouldn't know that if you look around most exercise facilities, rehab centers, and home gyms though. These things are everywhere. I remember when I was rolling daily and I had to travel for work, I was surprised and disappointed if a hotel gym didn't have a roller. They even make small travel rollers for those who can't go without for a few days. This is ridiculous, but I can relate. Let's look at a few studies to show the disparity. In a 2011 study in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research, the results show that 30 seconds of foam rolling on each of the lower limbs and your back had no effect on performance for vertical jump height, vertical jump power, isometric force production, speed, and agility tests. Strange enough, however, a well-known 2014 study in medicine and science in sports and exercise found that foam rolling post-workout caused a reduction in soreness and also improved vertical jump height, muscle activation, and range of motion. Well, that all seems like pretty good stuff, right? But the reasons that the rolling caused these benefits to occur should be considered. 
The researchers in that study believed that the improvements in soreness, range of motion, and performance from the foam rolling were neural in nature. Because they were neural, this would lead you to hypothesize that these were temporary adaptations and not actually improvements in muscular power or long-term flexibility. It also makes you wonder if not allowing the body to take the normal course through soreness may be a poor choice. Maybe active recovery with walking or swimming, for example, to relieve soreness is a more natural choice when compared to rolling and possibly the better method for long-term health. Interestingly, you can't even count on foam rolling to increase range of motion in every research study. A 2015 study in the Open Orthopedics Journal found that two minutes of foam rolling did not increase hamstring flexibility at the knee joint. Also, a 2016 study in the International Journal of Sports Physiology and Performance found that static stretching alone increases joint range of motion due to decreased muscle stiffness and an increase in stretch tolerance. But when foam rolling was added in, there was no additional improvements found. Now, of course, you could argue that you may have had similar results if you did foam rolling by itself without the static stretching, which could be true. But I think what the takeaway here is, is that you get increased range of motion and flexibility from static stretching alone without the possible negative benefits of smashing and rolling that we've discussed. Number two, you are not a massage therapist. Did you know it matters how fast you massage depending on how deep you are digging in? Did you know if you are doing deep massage that you should only work in the direction of your heart? Did you know you should not do deep tissue work after a workout? I sure didn't know these things when I was foam rolling and smashing daily. But according to licensed massage therapist Rob Gibson, you have to be very careful if massaging or rolling deep into the tissue. Apparently, if you don't go in the proper direction and proper speed, you can rupture valves inside your veins and cause blood pooling and varicose veins. Also, deep tissue work post-workout can be deleterious because you can further damage already sensitive muscle tissue and veins due to the extra blood in the muscles. Also, it is important to understand that your muscle fibers run in all different directions throughout the body. A trained therapist will know how to work each area based on their knowledge of the muscle fiber direction, injury if applicable, range of motion, etc. My point is, maybe we should just stick to some static stretching post-workout and leave the tissue work to the pros. Number three, no improvement. This one seems like a no-brainer, but heck, I did foam rolling for years without any improvement in my hamstring. I guess I thought I would eventually get it. Rolling at just the right angle or at the proper time or with the right tool. At some point, you have to realize that there isn't going to be a miracle where you smash it just right and you're magically healed. Keep a simple journal of how you feel pre and post workout. If you don't feel improvement relatively soon, then consider alternative methods. One easy test could be to use the roller for one week, then go one week without and note any variation. Most importantly, seek a medical professional to help you with an injury before it becomes too chronic. Don't wait for magic from the roller to happen for years on end like I did. Maybe leave the roller out of your program for a bit and see what happens. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I'll be back next week discussing a new wellness topic. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes. You can follow my workouts and boost health updates on Strava 
Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also visit the Boost Health website at myboosthealth.com for links to everything, along with more motivation and information. And until next time, find your balance.